Yeah, first episode of the new place. All right, you're in a new house. Correct. Yeah, it, it's a weird one. It feels like we're still house-sitting. It's It doesn't f- quite feel like ours yet. Because, I don't know, I just, we've, when you move into a new place, it doesn't quite feel like home for a while, right? And I think it takes a long time. Maybe, like, having familiar feelings regarding who you're moving in with mm-hmm. would make it feel like home faster. Whereas, I only ever moved into, uh, well, outside from when I was a kid, I only ever moved into places with people I'd never lived with before. That is true. So, obviously, it took a long time for things to feel like home. So, I don't know, you love it. You're the, you're the guinea pig. You got, you've got you've got lots of different moves. You can compare them all now. The funny thing, or the biggest challenge at the moment, is figuring out a schedule of what to eat. Because typically, I, I mean, I will eat anything, but Graham's very much like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to have a red Thai curry tonight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about spaghetti bolognese? I don't know. Mm-hmm. How about pesto pasta? But no yes and no no. We're, we're working on that. I feel like if, if someone says maybe, you just go for it, and then that's on them. Yeah. Well, between the two of us, I'm very decisive. He he lacks some decision-making. Right. But we're working on that. You know? It takes time. Relationships are compromise. That's the way. He's very patient with me, uh-huh. and I I make decisions. That's how this works. Yeah. Good balance. He does the cooking, I do the numbers. And the cleaning. But you don't cook the numbers. I do not know, and I well, what t- typically happens is okay. I'll start cooking one of the three meals that I can comfortably do, and then halfway through he'll take over because I'm doing it wrong, <laughs> <laughs> which which is fine it's because adorable. yeah, I'm, I'm, we know our strengths. We know our strength. I'm good at cleaning stuff. I'm good at cleaning up and tidying up and washing up and doing all the stuff and putting all the stuff away. Right, and right. he's good at making the stuff and making it tasty. Okay. I mean, that sounds like a good partnership. Yeah. Well done. But we do still have a lot of boxes to get through. So, uh, although what did happen today, because I have been off today, right. is I have built mm-hmm. slash constructed mm-hmm. the new cupboard. Wait, no. The new sound. I'm actually back in the closet. You, you say, you, yeah, you're in a cupboard? Right, right. So it's slightly different to the last one you've cha- you've, in which... You've changed the, the writing of this season, of this... <laughs> At the end of the last season, cliffhanger. Uh, there was this uh, out of the closet, never back in kind of cliffhanger. No, now we're, I'm literally at the moment, I've got one foot in the closet and one foot out because... Right. Is it a smaller closet? It is. So <laughs> in terms of length, it's the same length, but it's in terms of width, uh, I have to, if I'm going to stand in it, then I have to be standing like side sideways okay rather than like facing front on if i face front on your shoulders stick out of the cupboard uh, in the cupboard my shoulders are too wide right. yeah they're, t- they're sticking out of the, the the cupboard so which is why i've got why one foot in why are you using the cupboard it's too small because it's perfect this is the, the but no, no right there i said too small right it can't be perfect if it's too small okay it's close to perfect and it was also okay easily the best space to put the cupboard in the the, the vocal booth in uh, today anyway so it's essentially what happened is we moved into this house and it turns out this house was built in 1975 and we have been i have been tearing out the bits of like shelving and cupboards and all sorts of stuff that have been built into the structure of the house and clearly some of the stuff has been here for decades like i found an old garfield sticker from the mid 90s have a keep an eye out for asbestos calling keep an eye out for asbestos in a in a, in a 75 building it's no it's it's all good we know where the where it is um which is right. i think there's some in the garage but it's we've been told basically if you leave it just don't touch alone, it it's, it's okay. fine 
Um, it's if you start hammering things, then maybe you might die. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see how, f- how we feel. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll we'll run that gamut at some point. <laughs> oh, man, the world's getting pretty bad. I guess it's time for a garage redo. <laughs> Let's take out the hammer. <laughs> Party in the garage. Everyone's invited. Right, so you've been tearing out all kinds of shelves. Yeah, so ripped out all these shelves, uh, found some yeah memorabilia from the 90s, and I've now replaced it with lots of soundproof foam, so I should sound decent i should you know again if you're listening hard you won't hear any difference but i can hear the difference myself it's a little echoey but okay. i'm still working on it i'm gonna put up some more like yeah. curtains and stuff and that will help with the dampening of the sound could you do a situation do you see what kind of doors you've got slidey pulley whatever they're like uh doors i don't know how you describe them they are they're swing doors so there's there's no swing handle doors. On them. you gotta swing you're in the swing you're out of the you're out of the big cupboard you're into the swing cupboard. i'm now swinging mm-hmm. correct uh could you do a thing where you've got the the soundproofing on those doors and you kind of like prop them a little bit open so that you fit a bit better and then like have something to hang in the yep. open space as well? So so that that is one of the options. I think what I'm going to end up doing is just get like a big bit of fabric and staple it slash hammer it to the inside of this door. Yeah. And uh, then we'll be sorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, make the space. And also paint them black because that would be cool. Oh, yes. Black is the coolest color. <laughs> Well, the soundproof foam, which eventually, once this is fully finished, I will put pictures online and people can admire, and maybe three people might like it. Uh, but anyway, it's half green. Well, there's like a like a green okay. trim around the soundproof foam, and the rest of the soundproof foam is grey. So we've got half of it which is gr- which is green, the other half is grey. So it's quite a nice complement uh, of the studio. The last one was half blue and red, which is a little bit too unionist for my liking. So um, that got binned, and now I support Celtic. Yeah. Oh man! Speaking of unionists, did you see um, the, the King Charles got his crown? Charlie boy getting booed. Nobody cared. He was. I did see that. Well, I did see that. Yeah. Obviously, people cared enough to boo. Yeah, people cared enough to boo. And some people came cared enough to go and stand and wave and clap. Yes, uh, people. Some people cared enough to get paid to play music or whatever. I guess. But yeah, nice, nice. I didn't go. If I was there, I would have been booing. But I didn't care enough <laughs> to boo. Uh-huh. I probably cared enough to boo, but only if I was there. Okay. Have you been uh, building any cupboards or moving in or doing stuff with boxes recently? How's the corporate client going? Are you still uh, still sucking on the corporate teat? Oh, I'm still do- I'm still working. It. Nice. Exactly. It's got it. Corporate has its boob out, and I am sucking away. Uh, but no, it's it's quite fine. There's there. Again, we're working with like middle middlemen. And they are excited about their job. I'm not sure how. Nice. It still feels a bit genuine. They're doing great. Um, That's fun. But they, 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 they still, it still all just feels like they don't quite know what they're doing or what they're looking for. Same. Um, I know that they're paying for, for views as well, which is hilarious. Oh, are they? Um, hmm. Well, but just like every corporate thing does, right? Um, because you just set the videos to be used as ads and then they pay for them to be used as ads. But views that are ad views count as view views. Correct. Um, but so long as they've got their right target audience settings, uh, it's fine. So long as you aren't just going like, oh, yeah, okay. any anyone. And then it's like the, the platform just sends all your views to like retired people from the Middle East, you know? We, so we are, to be but, clear, we're going to have to take a break halfway through this podcast where James yes. is going to publish a corporal video to TikTok. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, corporal TikTok video going live as we record. Nice. Gonna have to follow that right now. Yes. So your page was a Johnny Boy. 
Oh, it's not. It's George Johnny Boy. I wouldn't get. I wouldn't get ads on my page. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, in terms of corporal client, I did uh, a new one this morning, which was logistically a nightmare because I was in the middle of still finishing the studio, and then suddenly I I got the the email. I got the nod from an Australian client who is making an advert to go in between the broadcasts of Love Island. And their their company, who are I'm going to call Schmucalyptus, um, they wanted to do an advert in the style of Ian Sterling from Love Island. Right. And the first two lines, which I'm just going to read straight, is previously before skincare, a new bombshell entered the villa. Now, if you are familiar with Love Island, you'll know the delivery of those lines. And so at nine in the, nine this morning, right. with two laptops open, okay. one of them failing to connect to my new internet, which we just got set up, a studio which was half made, and a Zoom call with six Australians who clearly, as you just said, they were like, some of them clearly knew what they wanted, and other ones were just like, yeah, that sounds great, man. Thanks. Send over. Oh, you're, doing, you're doing a great job. No, and then I'm someone not. else was like, mm, can we get that take again, but just like 15% less? energy 15 percent. 15 percent. let me just do that for how, you how am i meant to gauge you that you just do it again and then but, they, uh, they just say god that's much better <laughs> so essentially what happened is i had a client who couldn't afford the real ian sterling and so they paid me poundland ian sterling mm-hmm. to do an ian sterling impression okay Previously, before uh, skincare, is that the real a new bombshell? Is that actually, entered the villa? Is that legit? What you were doing? That's what I did. Oh, yeah, my. that's it. Have you know? Have, do you know this guy's voice? Do you know him? No. Right, he does all the narration on Love Island, and he's very iconic because he does his the program, the Love Island UK program, which is on right now, gets simulcast in dozens of countries because people love it. They yeah, love this yeah. like British cringe. Yeah. And he is very funny, in fairness. That's true. But they couldn't afford him, so they just paid me. But it's about, it's the whole thing's a... I, I, this is such a weird thing. Well done. Congrats on being paid to put on a performance to and all that. To impersonate someone superior. Yep. Yeah. The whole thing's a parody, right? And, no. Well, it's uh, it's an advert which is going to air on Australian video on demand, like a streaming service, right. in between the, the actual Love Island program. So they're going to be hearing the real guy. Correct. And then right in the middle of this is the, the show with the real guy, they're going to hear somebody trying to be the real the, guy. They're going to hear me pretending to be That's him, yes. That's way too close. You cannot get away with that. If it was just like, we're going to put this well, advert on randomly on the internet, then I'd be like, okay, some people will think that's the real guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's close well, enough of an impression. Their belief was that because people are watching the show, they'll instantly know who I'm trying to be. They will. Without being the actual guy. Hopefully they'll think, aha, that's a cute impression, rather than like, oh, they've tried to scam <laughs> us. That's not the real person. <laughs> I'm on to that. I've got to write a complaint. Do you know, what's interesting is there is actually a big market for impersonating certain voices. So if you know the X Factor voice in the UK... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to do it but because I can't, but the voice of The X Factor, there are so many voiceover actors who get paid to impersonate that mm-hmm. voice because mm-hmm. they, the actual company can't afford the real guy. That's basically what happened here. I just did an, a very, very poor Ian Sterling. You're very prolific. Sorry, Ian. I don't know how you get all of these gigs. you got such a wide variety Upward. of, I guess, it's just, yeah, it's just the internet. <laughs> yeah. Just I am. If you put in like Scottish voiceover, I'm basically one of the only few who have a semi-decent Upwork profile. So really, 
on Upwork. I mean, in the World Wide Web, there's hundreds, okay. but on that particular website, there's basically me. Yeah, like in the professional fields, yeah. So, yeah. Right. And anyone else want an Ian Sterling voiceover at a tenth of the price? Let me know. Okay. I don't think I need that. No. Nobody needs it. Nobody needs their product either. Sorry. Doesn't sound very good. Sounds like a ripoff to me. Basically, it's like, hey, I have t I had terrible acne, but then I used this product and it was amazing. And now I don't have any acne again. I promise it works. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> as a teenager, you would use Clearasil. Do you remember Clearasil? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it did absolutely nothing. But of course, it was, get rid of your blemishes and spots by slathering this on your face three times a day. Nothing. Not, no. And for me, it was it took me until I was 26 to go to the doctor and be like, hello, I have some pretty horrendous cystic acne. Can I have some drugs, please? Give me the gave real me Roaccutane, drugs. Yeah. And I was on Roaccutane for half a year. Yeah. And it cleared it all up because, you know, drugs work. Hey. Lots of splooge in a bottle does not work. Well, hopefully it wasn't splooge in a bottle. But yes, point stands. Point stands. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but no, yeah. It is really easy for these companies to do fake product, or it's not very effective product that targets all of these things that people are insecure about. And you see it to the point where they like they're 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 making very highly edited videos with filters and very obvious um, like CG effects and stuff like that to try and sell these products, and it still is a success. Okay, because people are so desperate for like the miracle. Um, cure for whatever skin condition it is, that they're willing to just overlook the really obvious filtering, editing, and all of that. So, yeah, holy, whole industry. Bleh. Isn't that everybody, though? Yeah. Isn't that everything? Yeah. Everybody, old, every company, every industry? Is that a film? I think you're talking about, yeah, I think it's, that sounds like a film. I have no idea. <laughs> anyway. But no, 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 yeah. Marketing marketing's all a scam. There's just different degrees of how scammy it yeah. is because people are either different levels of desperate, you know? Although I'll tell I'll tell you another story, which uh, I'm I'm sure will not get picked up by the people who I'm going to talk about. Uh, the BBC, mm -hmm. BBC, and to be specific, BBC Alba. Whoa, Alba. I'm going to make sure I say it right because they might be listening. BBC Alba. BBC Alba. Right. So here's what happened. Me and my pals at Up Next Studios. Yeah, people. If you want to make a TV show, go to Up Next Studios. We pitched uh -huh. to Alba this. TV show, okay. which would be me uh -huh. in Gaelic, sure. setting up the first ever metalcore slash deathcore Gaelic band. Right. And it would be a uh, half hour of hijinks, or maybe a full hour, of Colin going to maybe, let's just say, Gaelic choirs and testing out his vocals, and then just, you know, having a wee chat with some semi-famous Gaelic musicians and be like, yo, do you want to join my band? And then it would culminate... With mm -hmm. an actual performance, maybe at like Heb Kelt on a for one song, or maybe in some dingy dive bar in Glasgow, mm -hmm. and it was a great pitch, and it looked great, sounded great, uh -huh. and yeah. uh, uh -huh. and Alba said no. Okay. However, they did then email and say we we decided against the pitch, but we do like Colin, so can he come in and we want to <laughs> see what if he is a real person, and we will have a chat. So I was like, all right, sounds good. I'll see you in August. All right. So that's happening. Well done, Colin. You pitched a thing and they hated it, but they liked you. <laughs> yeah. Success. <laughs> Scunyol. I mean, it counts. I mean, that's how these things work. It's uh, the whole industry. Like a, a billion things are getting pitched all the time. Mm -hmm. um, anything that gets a little nod afterwards is good.
And it turns out you're the thing that got the nod. Well done. I also applied to Creative Scotland for £4,000 to record a, a, my Gaelic metalcore album. Right. Uh, they have not replied. That's a good amount of money for recording an album. You could get that professionally mixed or whatever. Um, basically, yeah, it was, it was uh, can I have £4,000 so that I can take the time off and stop doing freelance stuff because mm-hmm. I need it. Yeah. And just have, like, some money to, to keep me going for a couple months. Plus... Get it properly mixed, plus get some like artwork and all that stuff commissioned. Maybe shoot a music video and then get it online. Four grand. Thanks very much. So we'll see. Fingers but crossed. I tell you what, if I get turned down by both Alba uh-huh. and Creative Scotland, then uh-huh. you know what? I'm going to just go and do it myself and then I'm going to slam them in the press. You're going to go independent. I'm going to say, I went to these people for help and they said no. And so I did it my own way. That sounds very Scottish. Because I don't need pals. <laughs> I don't need pals. That sounds also no one very... Believed oh, in that me. sounds very Scottish. <laughs> and now I've got nine listeners on Spotify. So who's the real winner? Well, Alaba, they kept their money. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and talking of nine listeners, welcome to Seesaw Parade, everyone. Episode three, wow. what, six? Uh, yeah, more yeah. Than nine no, I'm kidding. It's more like 19. I like it. Colin is my name and James is mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a far away episode. This is the new normal because I'm in we high uh, Costa del Larbs <laughs> and James is still, that's what they call it apparently. Yeah, really? And no, um, this is not even a though joke. it's not on the coast. Is it re- it's literally, it's miles away this from is the coast. Jo- this is a joke, right? Uh, Nobody actually says this that. This is a joke, yeah. yes. Yeah. They actually call it L.A. Burt. I feel like you forgot a letter or two, but. <laughs> I mean, that would be. Labert. <laughs> I live in Labert. L.A. Uh, no. Bert, yeah. Mm-hmm. L.A. Bert is what I'm calling it, but uh, no, other people just call it call it the middle of... They, they say, oh, it's the place near Stenhouse Muir. That's what it's really known as. I feel like I would know either one of those places to the same degree. No, well, well here's the thing. I was telling... Uh, who was it? It might have been... In fact, I was messaging the Stone Family Chat, which uh, is about as f- much fun as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, everybody, see, in late July, when you guys are all uh, in Glasgow for Chris's wedding, mm-hmm. you can, like, come see the house. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, okay, c- cool, sounds good. And then older brother, who just has a six-week-old uh, baby... Congrats. ...called uh, Flory, who's very cute, by the way. Congrats. He was like, "Oh, sorry, we're we're in Glasgow, so we, you know, we baby, so I'm not really sure we can make the drive." And I was like, "All right, fair enough." Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's because he had no idea where Larbert was, right? And the fact that you can drive from Glasgow to my house in 25 minutes—oh, that's pretty quick. If the, tra- if the traffic is non-existent, it's pretty quick. But it's it's true, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like it is further away. To be fair, that sounds like a very <laughs> beyond the Highlands kind of name. Yeah, it sounds like Perth kind of name, but no, it's Falkirk. I'd say uh, way further than Perth, super far, far away. So if you know where Falkirk is, then, which is basically equidistant between Glasgow and Edinburgh, then that's where we are. Right, yeah. If any of you listeners are in Falkirk, I'm sorry. Yeah, if if you hear some kind of annoying camp voice speaking very loudly every fortnight or so, then that's um, That's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's Colin doing the new... Wave! uh, Recordings for uh, Love Island. <laughs> I tell you what, though, it's nice uh, banging nails into walls in the house <laughs> without anyone. That sentence, because otherwise it was just like a bit redundant. Yeah, without anyone like complaining. Ah, oh, yeah. Because, because 
it's you know half past ten, quarter to eleven. I'm thinking, do I do I want to drill? That's too late. Yeah, that's too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This particular nail at this time, and I think you're free. And I'm like, do you know what? No, I can. I can because there's no one. There's no one around for like at least wow five meters. Hopefully, no one around for at least five meters. You never I know. know. Amazing. You never know. Well, that's the thing. Well, we do now have ring doorbells, so oh, any time spied on by by technology at all times. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. And any time anyone or sometimes anything like this morning at six in the morning my phone buzzed because there was a magpie that flew into shot so anytime someone turns up at the uh, the front or back door uh-huh. i get notification wow and sure enough i was i was walking home uh last week and i was still about 15 minutes away from the house and i got a notification to say someone's at your front door and so i jumped on the live i unmuted myself i was like oh h- hello and he said hello I said, mm-hmm. "Oh, can you can you just put that on the floor?" And he said, "Can you not answer the door?" And I said, "I'm not there." Uh-huh. Thanks. And he said, "Oh, interesting." And he put down the package and he walked away. Incredible. So it's amazing. That's, Technology. I can't believe we're in the world where where these things are going on, <laughs> um, and nobody's uh, terrified. I know, absolutely not. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this at all. No, I, so, I wonder yeah. if it's an ethical doorbell company, you know, that does these live doorbells. Because I know Ring is in the scandals every other hmm. year, you know. I mean, the only thing, the only thing the camera can see, the, what, there's one camera which is facing a bush, so all you can see is a bush. Right. The other one, you can see like a windowsill, or any time that we open the door, mm-hmm. we you can see us in the door. So. For example, I was in Inverness this week and uh, I got a notification that someone was at the front door. I was just Graham going outside in his dressing gown, looking like an old maw. So yeah, you get a spy yeah. on your own. Uh... And then, of course, all, all the all the ring organization people, if they really wanted to, they could see it. They're like, oh, wow, nice dressing gown. I'm not sure if they, I'm not sure if they still you? can, 60? but they used to be able to. They used to be able to. I'm sure I'm sure they probably can. Whether they, they do or not, well, I don't know. Depends what they want to do in their spare time. <laughs> anyway. Thank you for listening. Seesawparade at gmail.com if you have ring doorbells and you want to talk about what people can see if they really wanted to. It's it's handy. It's useful. Yeah, yeah. Do I mind that people can spy if they really wanted to? No, not really. Not really. What are they going to do? We're all irrelevant. Exactly. We're all whores. Some of us just get paid. Don't don't use don't use your incognito mode. Don't use don't don't use <laughs> private networks. Let the government spy on you because you don't matter. Yeah, nothing matters, James. Nothing. I actually, do do all those things anyway. Just it's good to kind of have that awareness in your in your mind. That was a joke. That was a joke. I mean, I I do say nothing matters, but then I did actually re get my life insurance policy because you know once you've bought a house hey. you kind of need that i mean you need one yeah yeah well i don't why not i don't have any anyone who's gonna get the debt if i die mm. if i die it's just like the bank's just like oh no <laughs> <laughs> what a shame i did think what's the point of this because frankly if i did die we would just sell the house we gonna be like oh no what am I gonna do? I don't know. Sell the house and get all the money back. Like, it would give you the flexibility to. It would give you the flexibility to. Yeah, not for now. Uh, to sell it, and also I think you get more money than just the house. <laughs> like, I think you a, your your life has value. You know. Apparently so. Apparently. Apparently, that's what HSBC said. They said, "Colin, your life's worth four pound fifty a month." It is. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I'll take that. That's like. <laughs> A box of cereal at this and these prices. Oh man, don't! I am a box. I am a. I am a mini box. I haven't done my like big grocery shop in a couple of months, and I'm actually. Oh, yep. more, I'm actually scared because the, the price is going up so fast these days that it is noticeable every other month. You have to take out a loan these days. 
Yeah, uh, get ruined oh, by well. my bank. Talking of getting ruined, shall we talk about Russia? All right. Segway. And cut. And cut, because now I need to publish a video. Okay, come come back and we'll we'll do it. Wow, what an intermission. I know. Passed in a matter of seconds. Incredible how fast internet speeds are these days. Let me tell you, let me tell you. Incredible. Like, I had a tiny little file and it only took like 15 minutes to download something. <laughs> okay, shall we talk about Russia? Let's do that. So the Wagner boss, Yevgeny Prigozhin. Yes. Who... But after the last episode we did, and uh, in the space of about 24 hours, had a very short-lived rebellion I mean, in Russia. In, uh, incredibly short. I don't, hold on. Surely that's a record. <laughs> we'll talk about that in just a second. He apparently is now, as of uh, Thursday afternoon, he is back in Russia and no longer in Belarus. Mm-hmm. And that is according to um, the Belarusian president. So Prigozhin's whereabouts have been somewhat of a mystery right. since said mutiny at the end of June. Right. And essentially what happened, if you if you missed this, because, and, and genuinely, I wouldn't blame you if you did, because it happened so quickly. <laughs> the, these Russian mercenaries, there's a group who Russia have been paying for years yeah. to essentially go and fight for them in various conflicts around the world. Yeah. And they're called the Wagner Group. And the head of said group is this dude, Yevgeny Prigozhin. And for months, he has been making noise about... A lack of supplies, a lack of support, Russian defense ministry have no idea what they're doing, Putin has no idea what he's doing. And it was kind of rumbling on for a while, and he had his wee telegram group, yeah. and everyone was in that, and being like, oh yeah, this is terrible. And then suddenly, yeah, in the middle of June, or towards the end of June, he's, he goes on this app and he says, hey everybody, the Russians have just missile striked their own guys, us, the Wagner group, a bunch of Russians. And here's here's some of my dead comrades. Yeah, we are them. They hit us. So, yeah. we've decided enough's enough, and we are going to march to Moscow. Yes. And anyone who gets in our way is dead. And so, indeed, everyone said, all right. Sounds serious. And sure enough, within maybe four hours, they'd already taken the city of Rostov-on-Don in Russia, mm-hmm. which is seen as a, a strategically important uh, town or city. Sure. And the, yeah, they just... They just took it over, and there was military on the streets. And then in Moscow and in St. Petersburg, the military had been mobilized. Streets were closed off. There were tanks. There were all sorts of APCs, platoons of soldiers everywhere, because they genuinely seemed concerned that, yes, Wagner and co. Sorry, Prigozhin <laughs> Wagner and co. And co. Sorry, his name was not Wagner. <laughs> That's the mercenary group, the Wagner yes, and co. That the Wagner gang, the boys... <laughs> were heading to Moscow to essentially take over the country. And then, less than 24 hours later, it was announced that uh, Prigozhin and his team were heading to Belarus instead. The coup slash rebellion was over, and everyone could go back to normal. This, however, was not before Putin went on Russian state TV to issue this huge denial about, hey, see all the stuff that uh, Prigozhin was saying about the war being about false pretense? Uh, Totally not true. Uh, And also, uh, he's a traitor, and everyone who is uh, supporting him is a traitor, and if you see any of them, please um, phone phone us. Thanks. 
And uh, then suddenly, yeah, he's, he's all good. He's in Belarus. And then as of today, apparently, he's not. Oh, yeah. He's back in Russia. Mm. So, yep, this is what the, the Belarusian leader, Alexander Lukashenko, said. He said, as for Progrosian, he's in St. Petersburg. Right. So... He went I back don't know, to get I don't know what to make of all guns. this, but it's the first crack in the facade of Russian leadership that we've seen in a long time. Ah, well, the first major one, the biggest one, yes, yes. We've seen a lot of uh, people, let's say, the cracks in windows that they're falling out of uh, from leadership positions. But uh, yeah, true. Uh, this was the weirdest story because it, it broke. It was. And then the entire world was like, oh, the war is over. Russia's going to fight itself until the war is done. And then, realistically, that was never going to happen. The Wagner Group is just one small technically group of people compared to the rest of the uh, R- Russian complex. So they were never going to actually like just end the war on their own. But yeah, big infighting, it, it could have lasted a long time, but then it was over. I, I, I genuinely don't know if there's shorter coups of this scale ever, but mm-hmm. I'm not a historian. Hopefully we hear from a historian who tells us about a really cool one from a long time ago, you know? It's just so strange, and I don't understand... Like the maneuvering, like how you how you rebel in this way, and then just get told, ah, no, just go to Belarus, that's all right, mm-hmm. and then it's not even that long later, you just get let back in to pick up your guns and some money, I guess. Yep, uh, sounds like it. I d- I don't know how you rebel in this kind of way if your plan is is something that can be just set aside as well. Like, surely, like, there was threats to his family or something, and he, and he decided, oh, I guess I'll go to Belarus, yeah. But I don't see how you rebel from a situation where the, you don't have everything secured so you can just continue your rebellion until you're dead. You know, I don't get it. None of this makes sense. Right, and just this week as well, in fact, just yesterday, Russian state TV, according to this article, appeared to turn on Prigozhin. I don't know why they hadn't already, but hey-ho. <laughs> uh, commentators across several networks attacking this Wagner Group mutiny mm-hmm. as an act of treachery. It was. Portraying Mr. Prigozhin as a greedy, violent, petty thief. Yeah. Uh, referred to his past as being rich in criminality. They showed shots of sure. uh, stashes of weapons, fake wigs, passports, <laughs> gold bars, all shown on a bed, which is... a uh, yeah, allegedly belonging to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but again, if those videos were staged, if they're real, who knows at this point? But uh, yeah, clearly the uh, the gears of the Russian state are moving. Yeah, I, I did see some people trying to conspiracy about that it was all a deliberate move so that all of the Wagner group could go to Belarus and it wouldn't look like a play in some way and they could then attack from Belarus and all of that stuff. It's just... The amount of, of theorizing that's happened over this in the last couple of weeks is crazy high. It's, it's been impossible to keep up with what everybody's thinking. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. like honestly, it is, a, it is a sign, at the very least, it's a sign of a major weakness within the system. Um, and we have seen countries like the UK coming out and saying that we must be prepared for the imminent collapse of the Russian state and all of that kind of stuff. So apparently it does feel real to significant people in at least some ways. So yeah, worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I don't know what's next. It's almost impossible to predict, but obviously the Ukrainians saw that as as like a a very, very short-lived victory of, hurrah, yes, the Russians are fighting amongst themselves. Oh no, they're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it was an opportunity for them to push a little here and there, and they did, and then uh, the opportunity ended very quickly. Um, I did see a lot of their, their their own propaganda. They'd sent massive amounts of popcorn to their soldiers in the front, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is... Oh dear. War these days, not only is it evil, 
as all war is, and not only does it cause unnecessary uh, pain and suffering to innocents, as all war does, but we're also trying to make it a meme, even officially, which is just terrible. Not great. I mean, the PR machine for Ukraine has been solid. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's maybe maybe not one of the wins. Yeah, I don't want I don't want the PR machines to be like the thing we're impressed by, and people are, and it's kind of sad that. Um, there's entertainment to be found in a bunch of people killing each other, you know? Okay, well, talking off, shall we move on to France? It has been a, a week of international news where in France there have been, well, it's almost a week now, yeah. where there have been riots across the country. So on Tuesday, the President Emmanuel Macron said he believed the peak of the rioting had passed, but this was uh, at a meeting of more than 200 French mayors from areas that have been affected by unrest. It all started because of the shooting by the police of a teenager yes. um, who's been named here as Nahel M. At a traffic stop just outside Paris on the 27th of June. And on the back of that, there were something like three and a half thousand or nearly three and a half thousand people arrested. So far. Uh, riots have estimated to have caused millions of euros worth of damage uh, to so just the public transport alone, as well as other people who've been seriously injured, police officers. A firefighter died on Sunday trying to put out burning vehicles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's even... Uh, it was, this, was, this was this meeting of mayors was on the back of uh, Vincent Jean Brun. I said that with a French accent. Who mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was his home was attacked with rockets, right? And uh, his wife had her leg broken by attackers, and uh, as she and her children were fleeing, so pretty bad stuff. Which seems to have been, and correct me if you think I'm wrong. Some bad actors capitalizing oh, always, on yeah. a terrible thing, and now they're just yeah, it, it, things got out of control very fast. That was a, maybe too much of a summary because what happens is there's an event, and usually a a very bad one, a spark that causes uh, riots or protests or whatever to kick off. Yeah, um, seventeen years old and off. Algerian descent, so those two factors alone. I absolutely do not see why there's a gun at a traffic stop in France. You know, I don't see why there's a gun at traffic stops anywhere. So yeah, there's there's more to it though than just bad actors wanted a chance to go be bad because nobody really is that. There's not that many people in the world that are just bad and they're just waiting for their chance to go be bad. Um, all of these things, like riots, like the violence, like the looting, like the burning, like all of these things, they are just they are signs of. Um, of deeper problems within any state. Um, We've seen it in the UK where there's been mass looting and stuff um, and it's always labeled as like, oh, a bunch of hooligans doing the mass looting. But no, it's just an indication that there's a systemic problem that needs to be tackled. And that's what is going on here as well. Yes, the the, the response to one thing is disproportionate just like almost every single event is because it's always a culmination that's just gotten over the tipping point um and but i find that a lot of the discourse around this is weakened when it's just a bunch of people focusing on you know look at all these bad things that have happened because of the riots well right 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 the riot was preventable by having a better state if the entire state was just better and people were getting felt cared for invested in um they didn't feel disenfranchised they didn't feel like they were being taken advantage of by a ruling class there would not be these riots there like there might be a protest yeah 
about uh, the individual occurrences of violence that, that happen, but there would not be all of these people who are so pent up and ready to just explode and do a bunch of damage. And mm -hmm. uh, that's my main take. Yeah, that's fair. Is that the riots, they, yeah, there's a lot of things going on that's bad, but it's not the riot. It's not the riot, and that's it. There's there's a there's a whole bunch of things that causes it that should be getting spoken about, but people aren't really doing that part. Well, the, you touched on the the main issue here, which is having seen interviews and coverage of these riots, people who feel that there is very much an us and them particularly in these regions of France where yeah. it's been the ruling class versus everybody else yeah. and the fact that the, yeah they've just essentially executed a teenager at a traffic stop is the is the spark that lit this one yeah um and 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 it's it's obviously France more prone to protesting than other places I'm proud of them for it um if you need to protest you need to protest you should protest um um, and in this instance, the protest is humongous and is, it has been co-opted by looters and arsonists and whatever and whatever, but um, it's it's going to keep happening. It's going to happen more if we don't start seeing systemic change because we are seeing inequality increasing year on year in all of these nations, France, the UK, everywhere. And so long as that inequality keeps increasing, um, happiness will keep decreasing, mm -hmm. um, health will keep decreasing, all of these different things that are just directly tied to the inequality, not just saying poverty, not just saying wealth. Inequality is a key measure. And if that keeps rising, which it is, we will see more of this and it will spread to other countries. Um, so people who are happy and comfortable with with them their position taking advantage of the lower classes they got to start getting uncomfortable and start making change okay well talking off the uk as you nicely segued there let's briefly go back to partygate because the metropolitan oh, police have confirmed they are reopening their investigation yeah into covid breaches because of like really new evidence right the evidence that yeah. we had never seen before like pictures that definitely we had not seen before the original investigation, right? Yeah, so this is the Christmas gathering at Conservative Party HQ in 2020, where a video of the event where aides had been invited to jingle and mingle was published by the Sunday Mirror. So as you say, this was not a new party. This was already known about. There was pictures, there was evidence, all sorts of stuff. And then they posted this video and then suddenly the police said, oh, yes, you know what? We are going to reopen that investigation. And the evidence isn't much more compelling. Why. It's just a new bit of evidence. Uh-huh. Like On the back of that. It just shows how bad the initial investigation was. This is all this new True. story is. We did a terrible job. We better try a bit harder. And I bet they're still just going to just do nothing. Well, on the back of that, the police confirmed they are not investigating the gatherings at the Prime Minister's Disgusting. country home, Checkers, Disgusting. when Boris Johnson was the Prime Minister. And again, any reason for that, even though there's evidence of it? Nope. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. So speaking about like ruling classes, inequalities, you know, all of these things. Yeah, here's another example. So the establishment actually doing exactly what they told us was illegal and people were actually getting fined and in trouble for it. And but then here's the thing I don't get. Barely right? getting investigated. Because at this at this party, we had the former London mayoral candidate, Sean Bailey, Tory aides. There were all sorts of people there. And in November, mm. despite the fact there were photos, there was all sorts of stuff, the men said they were not taking any action against anyone pictured. Why not? It's crazy. 
Like, what? What's the reason? Because they don't care about about holding these people to account. It's not their job. Their job, the Met and the police in general these days, is to hold the poor people to account, to make sure that we don't do anything we're not allowed to do. They've always done this, you know. It's just I, I said these days, but this is this this has been the case forever. There's been an imbalance yeah, yeah. of who gets in trouble for stuff. It's the same for drugs policies. A bunch of MPs constantly getting high all the time on illegal and illicit substances. They don't get in trouble. If any one of us did, we'd be in trouble. We've seen it with the with the uh, the, the 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 car safety, shall we say? Um, how very few of the MPs who have published themselves being um, very reckless in vehicles are getting any sort of reprimand, okay. except a public one. And then if any of us did it, hey, you're losing points or you're getting fined. You know, there's, it, there is there's a different system. Yep. And if you, if you see the dis- different system and you're annoyed by the different system, you believe in this, that that there is a that there is a need to address it. And you know what that is? <laughs> That's woke. If you think there is a system that needs addressed and imbalance that needs addressed, that's woke. That's real woke. Well, talking of uh, things that need properly addressed, the Ministry of Defence has confirmed for the first time ever that UK special forces are at the centre of a war crimes inquiry. Wow. Shock. The MOD on Wednesday abandoned years-long efforts to restrict any mention of UK Special Forces' involvement in alleged war crimes in Afghanistan. So, for years, Mm. this stance has been challenged by bereaved family members, by media outlets, including the BBC, after years of reporting into unlawful killings of civilians and children (sighs) by the SAS, which is the UK's Special Forces unit. So... That's what's yeah. happened. And just to be clear, this isn't like they're declassifying some stuff from World War Two or something. This is talking about like Afghanistan. So on the back of that, on Monday, less than 48 hours before they were due to argue their case, lawyers for the MOD wrote to the inquiry to say that they were abandoning that part of their application, which is basically the censorship of the fact that they're at the heart of a a war crimes inquiry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th- uh. the accusation is that in 2010 and 2011, one SES unit operating in Afghanistan killed 54 people in suspicious circumstances. It's disgusting. In just one six-month tour alone. Followed by, in 2012, uh, one raid in particular in a different unit, which killed two parents and gravely wounded their two infant children. Disgusting. For why? Because they were, yeah, just either they were scared in doing war crimes or they were being uh, very gleefully doing war crimes. Uh, Who cares? War crimes. Yeah. It's it's crazy that this kind of stuff just gets covered up. That the response is just, oh, we didn't do it. And then it takes years to get to this point where there's at least Mm -hmm. somebody asking questions officially. Yeah, so there's now lawyers representing families of Afghans killed in at least seven separate special forces operations who are putting their case forward here. And the MOD, who, as you've highlighted there, have attempted to shut the door for as long as possible and to prevent that evidence being heard in public. So you know what, Colin? I'm unsure what the next step is, but uh, yeah, they've stopped attempting to hide it at this point. You know what, Colin? You know who paid for that? All these things to happen? Taxpayer? 
The tax pay. Blood on everyone's hands. Hey. I wasn't paying taxes by then, but I mean still. Point stands. Yeah. It's 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 really terrible. It is, and we should But are we surprised? No. no, no surprise. That's not like one of the horrible things. It's just, it's no surprise. But it, it can't be because we know that thousands and thousands of civilians were killed in things like drone strikes. Why are we surprised if there was more direct killing? Yeah. We're not. I mean, I hate looking back at the, at the, at the at past wars. This goes way back, all the way back. Just all of the people who have been killed by the 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 democracy bringing western nations all of these nations that are lib liberating people and it's just mostly just killing them man it's just mostly just killing civilians yeah for decades and decades and we paid for it and we're paying for it Right, shall we uh, take a sideways step into something slightly lighter for a second before we go back to the bad news? Let's, yeah, let's let's um, do the weird, the weird, the weird happy news sandwich that definitely isn't jarring or uh, inappropriate. <laughs> Not at all. Have you watched anything recently since we last spoke? Yes, you have. Shockingly, I have not seen or finished anything. Oh, I got two things for you, Colin. Technically more, but right, I'll just let's do hear two. Them. What have you got? I watched an anime. Okay, chalk. And I watched a film. Oh, all right. At the cinema. Oh, interesting. What do you want to hear? The, I want to see. Let's start with the film. Intrigued. I watched Asteroid City. Interesting. All right. This is the Wes Anderson movie. New one. Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, Tell me. I'm gonna pull up the wiki for all the cast just in case I want to reference any of them and I forget them, but <laughs> sure. I probably won't. I presume it's still out in cinemas. It must have only come out recently. Uh, yeah, it, it, it came out just recently. I got I got a couple of invites to go see, so I did go to see um, eventually, and it was okay. it was it was very Wes. It was it was very Wes. I would summarize it as Wes Anderson made this. Um, he definitely has continued down his trend of kind of expanding the cast. I think it has reached a point where nobody gets enough time to be meaningfully developed. Right. Though. There's too many people in there's it. A, yeah, there's a little bit too much going on for anyone to really get a full story. But maybe he doesn't want anyone to get a full story. And it's just more a snapshot of all of these individuals in this moment, which is valid as well. And not every film has to have like three acts and a climax and whatever and whatever. Um, it is very wise. The framing is very wise. The colors are very wise. The use of like um, miniatures, puppets, all of these things, um, sets and all of that, all very wise. Um, it's probably not going to be a popular film, though, I don't think. I don't think why it's very audience friendly. Um the framing is unclear what's real and what's not. Um, it's kind of like okay. a play, but not really. And it's kind of like a real thing, but a play. Um, different actors having different roles at different at different uh, kinds right. of moments. Hold, hold on, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's there's previous Wes Anderson films. I'm thinking of like the Grand Budapest Hotel, mm -hmm. which is told... Th th like the film itself starts with a girl sitting down... Uh, on a bench and she opens uh, or she's looking at a statue and then it transfers to like oh who's the person in the statue and it's someone who's reading a book and then they go into the, the reading of the book and then they go back in time and it's yeah. like a three part story which is yeah. very delicately told but it still makes sense. Did this movie not make sense? I For me I caught, I caught it enough to be like okay I see what's going on but I don't think it's quite as clear as some of his past attempts to be a little bit like meta. 
Um, and he definitely is leading further and further into writing stories about stories and writing okay. films about films rather than just like making a film, which makes sense. You've got to develop over time, have a different purpose for each film and stuff like that. But I do think that over time, he's got this overall feeling of just tr- trying to make Wes squared films and then squaring it again. <laughs> he's trying to out, then... out Wes Wes. Yeah, and and at a point, I think the return the return on value lowers. It doesn't feel as new or experimental. It kind of feels a bit like a parody. And this one, sometimes I was like, this kind of just feels like somebody's trying to make a Wes film. Yeah. Um. Overall, like I loved it, and the humor was nice because it wasn't. It was nice to go back to a film with like more subtle humor. Um, a joke at the right time, at the right points in time. Sure. Um, a film that is trying to make some poignant points. But as I said, the cast, there's just so many people doing so many things that it didn't quite feel complete. And maybe that was the feeling that he wanted us to have, like it's not done. Um, and if it was, then well done. You've completely knocked it out of the park. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see what people are saying about this film. I would say... Definitely, my my prediction is the audience is going to be very mixed in terms of review. Fair enough. I would I wouldn't be surprised if even critics are giving it like a mixed kind of review. Yep. It definitely isn't amongst my favorite Wes Anderson films, um, but I didn't dislike it. Okay, and I'm glad I saw it in the, on the on in the cinema because obviously he's got his very interesting way of framing all these different things. So it was worthwhile. Certainly. All right. Um, and I, I, all the actors, perfect. 10 out of 10 for all their roles. They did great. As you'd expect. Um, there was overacting and then the overacting was justified and all of those kinds of like subtle things that, that you, you just completely expect. So well done. Massive cast. Even the kid actors, very well done. Ideal. Right. Anime time, what was it? I watched an anime called Heavenly Delusion. Good name. Um, it's only season one of an anime that I believe has confirmed more seasons and I'm glad it has confirmed more seasons. And one of the main things I want to talk about is that it, 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 it has respected the audience heavily. There are two timelines in the anime, and they they interact only in the f- in, in figuring out how one is affecting the other. Um, which one comes first, for example, isn't super clear in, in the beginning unless, until you start paying attention. What characters are maybe overlapping in hand how aren't clear unless you're paying attention. And they don't just ram the answers into the into the screen like, did you notice we did this? They just do it and they and they let the audience figure things out. And okay. I don't get to watch enough TV these days that has that kind of subtlety, whether it's anime or anything else. There's quite a lot of just telling the audience every single detail instead of like leaving some things for the audience to discover. So if you like that and you like anime mm-hmm. uh, and you like sci-fi, I guess, and you, and you don't mind a little bit of like gore, I guess it's kind of a, it's not violent, violent, but there, there is splatters action. Uh, this is a good anime for you. There's splatters. Um, there's also a character. I don't want to spoil things too heavily. Shall we say there's a character whose uh, gender is confusing right. and I will respect any show who does a good job of representing, you know, uh, characters with any reason to feel anything strange about their gender in this current world climate. Okay. And I think they did a good job. Um, obviously, it's anime. It's a young adult, I would say, but not super young uh, anime because there's, there's nudity and stuff like that. But it's targeted at, a, at at the action audience. So I would say that sometimes the more, like, um, relationshipy, mm-hmm. sexually stuff is handled maybe not so good maybe as a joke sometimes when it shouldn't have been 
Um, but that's what you expect from some of these shows. Uh, but yeah, I actually very much like this show, and I'm very glad there's more coming because it did leave everything on a bit of a cliffhanger. Fair enough. Um, in some ways. Um, and again, it's on one of those shows I could talk about it for quite a while. Uh, the last thing I would say is that the, the animation was incredible and interesting because they didn't always stick to the exact same animation style. Right. And I'm a fan, as you know, of shows that dip into different styles for, sure. for different things. I really like sometimes lately when anime have dipped into real media as well for yeah. like, like just animation purposes. Um, so this one did that. It, it, it drew from different kind of studios and vibes and feelings, and it did it really well. High production. Um, I'm a big fan. Some people aren't. They just like a thing to feel exactly the same the whole way through. And I get that. That's valid. But I, I love it when there's some experimentation. And they did that really well with this one. Okay, well, dear listener, if you have seen anything that you would like us to play on the show, then tell us, what was it like? What was it? Where was it? How was it? Seesawparade at gmail.com. And one of those things that you might be reviewing come November time is Dune again. Oh, it's Dune 2. Yeah, Dune 2. June two. Actually, hang on. Back to June. I forgot the word mystery. Mystery is the good word for the anime. There's like mysteries, and they don't just spoon feed you. There's what right. I'm trying to say. Okay. There we go. Mysterious. Well, June. Less mysterious. Here's the trailer, or a clip of a trailer of uh, this new movie. Here we go. This world is beyond cruelty. You've been fighting the Harkonnens for decades. My family's been fighting them for centuries. They were massacred alongside my father. Your father didn't believe in revenge. We believe in Fremen. Let me fight beside you. Reload! So, you obviously have read the book, so you know what happens. Yes. I feel like I have now... An understanding of what's going to happen read the book. in the second movie. <laughs> yeah, you've read the book before. If you've watched this trailer, you've read the book. And I don't Congrats. like that. This trailer is terrible. I don't understand why this trailer, when we saw the trailer for the initial Dune movie, it was excellent because it gave nothing it so away, good. but it showed you enough to tantalize the taste enough. buds. Yeah. Whereas for me, this trailer has just told us the entire plot in chronological order. I feel like it has. Like, I, I don't want to confirm or deny uh, to the degree that it has, but it's done enough of that that I was disappointed that they did that for this film, especially since they didn't do that for the first one. I'm going to check if it's the same trailer studio or anything like that, just to, well, just well, to be see, curious. This is the thing. It, I don't understand why that, if you know how the first trailer was received, why would you suddenly be like, oh, you know what? This trailer, we're just going to show everything. Yeah, and why? you don't have to build up the hype because the film worked. Correct. People, People know it's, into it. They've saw the first one. They love the first one. They're excited for this one. So why do you need to go for a trailer that shows us basically the whole plot? It was a strange, strange decision. I was, I was annoyed. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did link it with um, a spoiler warning, and I didn't mean it. Um, so oh, no, I like I would have watched it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if anybody hasn't watched the, tr the trailer, because I, I would have thought it was just going to be the same as the trailer for the first movie. Yeah, I'm telling people not to watch it. Um, I've told people in real life, don't watch it. Don't watch the trailer if you if you don't know the story and it's not spoiled for you already. Dodge the trailer because yep. it, it very much is revealing a little bit too much. Now, granted, the whole film still looks incredible. 
the sounds were incredible. The designs were For, incredible. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, it definitely looks like they're executing the story very well. But yes, every single act is in the trailer, I, in my opinion, which is just not good. They could have they could have made the whole film look like it, like one of the acts, you know, like like they've done before. Yep. Um, I don't I don't quite get it. I don't know what they're doing. Um, however, the film should be good. The trailer did get me excited because I it didn't spoil anything for right. me. I just get to see that maybe they're doing some things that I didn't quite expect from the books while while okay. while keeping other things very pure. There are changes, and I think I like the changes as far as you have to change some things on film when it can't instead of it being on the page, it has to it has to be portrayed differently because you can't just have the, the narrator telling you everything. Okay, um, so the changes I think are valid. Um, but overall, it's just like happy, happy news because I'm, they are talking already about doing a third one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know that. They want to. Okay. I don't think it's being greenlit, but they want to. And if they manage to, it will be worth it. Right. So, okay. Well, again, if you've had an opinion or you've seen the Dune trailer, perhaps you're going to avoid it. Let us know. Ceaseoperate at gmail.com. Or, as you probably will not be able to do shortly, do it on threads. Yes, this is the new social media app, which launches today, I think, if you're in America. Unsure if it works if you're in the UK. On what domain? But it's... um, (laughs) Because threads.com exists already. This is being called the alternative to Twitter. Yep. And it's being launched by Meta. So that's the company that owns Instagram and Facebook. And Mark Zuckerberg, as of 12 minutes ago, he says that 30 million users have signed up so far. He had uh, pitched the app as a friendly rival to Twitter. And of course, the prediction here is that threads would attract many unhappy Twitter users. I I think when he said friendly rival, he means like, the app is friendly, we're a rival. (laughs) Rather than like, we're going to be friends with Twitter. What he means is like, Twitter sucks now, we'll be your friend. I'm not sure if that if that's going to work though, because for you to have a threads, you apparently need to have your Instagram because they are linked. The two of them are the same. Yes. Same username, everything. Yes. However, Instagram is incredibly popular, so and maybe they'll drop that demand once the platform is established and they've got their yep their trusted and already moderated audience is on it, and then maybe they'll open it up and allow brand new unmoderated people there to. Mm. So maybe I don't know. I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if it was forever. You have to be linked, but at the same time, um, Facebook and Meta very much like um, trying to make people have to use several of their things at once. You need Facebook to use this or that. Um, so it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me too bad. So but no, I think it should be a success. I think as as it's it's simple. They're, they're very. They've already got all these servers in the world. Um, it should it should self sustain just fine to a, to the same degree that Twitter can. Right. So this is the, to give you the summary, Threads allows users to post up to 500 characters and has many features similar to Twitter. Uh, Mr. Musk responded to all of this by saying, it is infinitely preferable to be attacked by strangers on Twitter than indulge in the false happiness of hide the pain Instagram. Right. That's, he's referencing a meme. Um, Very good, very good Elon. Um, Points. But he's. It's, he's talking about Instagram. This is threads. <laughs> it seems very irrelevant. Yeah. And on the back of this, Mark Zuckerberg responded. Uh, he was asked if it would be bigger than Twitter. He said it will take time, but I think there should be a public conversations app with over a billion people on it. Oh. Twitter had the opportunity to do this, mm-hmm. but hasn't nailed it. Hopefully we will. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I mean, 
like they might and they've got a lot of features left that they could add to try and improve the platform over time they don't have things like they don't have anything like a hashtag yet they don't have anything like uh um like a, i don't remember what it was like a front page like a like a like a trending tab or something yeah yeah uh, there's a lot of things that they can add over time and facebook are the masters of manipulating their audience obviously in an evil evil way that has caused a lot of harm to the world including things like the january 6th uprisings um sure so so they will be able to manipulate anyone that is on there to become ad- more addicted to their app than, than they are to Twitter for sure. Facebook is the, is, is the expert at that. Um, whether or not. Okay, so sorry, this... Threads is now available to download in the UK, but not in the EU. Oh, interesting. Weird. Well, EU has got a bit more data protection law and stuff like that than we do right now. And they've got more yeah, planned. Yeah, they, they actually actively try to protect their users. Yeah, they've got more planned to protect the users as well. So maybe they're just trying to dodge that market until it's uh, known, a known quantity once the new rules come out. Okay, well, I've just opened the app there, Threads by Instagram. Users can download okay. and delete Threads data by visiting their Instagram settings. Ah, you need to go on Instagram to deactivate your Threads. Hmm. Mm. Right. Anyway, that's happening. Go on it or don't. Choice is yours. Yeah, no, it's 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 news. It's been a lot. There's a lot of people trying to develop Twitter competitors now that Twitter is circling the drain. Yeah, and it continues to. Did you see the the a uh, very brief stint of you have to log in to see Twitter? Uh, so, yeah, no, the, there was two things that happened that we were yet to discuss. The first one was, as you've mentioned, there was a limit put on how many tweets you could see a day. Yeah. F- for, uh, basically, if you were a everyone. Twitter verified version, you got double, but it still wasn't a lot. Not a lot at all, And then yeah. the other thing that happened was that um, Elon Musk challenged Mark Zuckerberg to fight. We talked about the challenge to the fight. Did we? I said it wouldn't happen, and now Elon's mom has oh. cancelled it. All right, oh, well, that's not happening. Okay. But yeah, that, that did happen too. They restricted Twitter. Yeah, there's, there was another big decision to restrict Twitter, make a big change, and it's already been shelved. Twitter's back to normal again, quietly. Oh, Surprise. Okay. I think their servers were just dying, and they pretended it was a deliberate maneuver. Well, that, that's, that's I believe, is what was said by Elon Musk, which was, hey, people are going on Twitter and stealing all the data, and we don't want them to do that. Whereas in reality, yeah, the servers just can cope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll see. It's 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 it's, it's just drama. It's drama. Uh, at the end of the day, things like Twitter, things like Threads, uh, they're going to be relevant so long as like media politicians feel like they can use them effectively. If these tools start not being effective anymore, they will stop being relevant. Okay. And they will only be a personal platform. Okay, let's finish with the uh, oh, more depressing was that news, shall we? the good news is? Was Threads one of the good news? No, Threads was one of more of like the lighter threads, lighter newses, threads. So not like happy news, but like no. Oh, I mean, you're you know you're gonna feel super desperately sad about it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's more just like a, oh something okay. else happened today. Okay. All right. Well, okay. talking of bad news, climate change. <laughs> we have had two records broken. Number one, right. the world's average temperature reached a new record high. Yay! On Monday, third of July, the temperature wow. around the world, on average, was seventeen degrees Celsius for the first time ever. Man, congrats, world! Uh, scientists said you're so hot. The reading is the highest in any instrumental record dating back to the end of the 1800s. Yeah. So yeah. that is down to, uh, well, just a lot of heat because of the El Nino weather event and, of course, ongoing emissions of carbon dioxide. 
Uh, but re- uh, researchers believe there will be more records to come mm-hmm. as uh, mm-hmm. El Nino continues to do its thing. And then here in the UK, yeah, it does. That's, this is this has been predicted for a long time. It's once it starts. Yeah. It's here going. in the UK, we had our hottest June ever. Yay! Which, yeah. yep, fair enough, because it was like a heat wave for at least two and a half weeks. Even yeah, even the cold days were toasty. Yeah, average monthly temperature was fifteen point eight degrees. Yep, fair enough. For the UK. Which mm-hmm, exceeded mm-hmm. the previous temperature by almost a full degree. Oh, I didn't know it was that big a jump. Yeah, 0.9 Celsius. Right. And uh, so records were broken in 72 of the 97 areas in the UK from which the oh, temperature man. data is collected. Uh, and as well as the overall UK June record, England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland each recorded individually their warmest June since uh, data started being recorded in 1884. Yeah. And so how about that? Well, let me tell you, the real good news is that the UK government is prepping to drop its climate pledges. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah, they just uh, they 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 might not, they might not, but there was uh, there was chatter, shall we say, about the cl- the pledges just quietly disappearing. Yay! Um, as we said, as I said before, emissions are up across the world. Everyone's fudging their numbers to make it look like they're down, but they're up. They're back to uh, before COVID levels. There was yeah, a dip yeah. in the lockdown, and overall, we were gone even higher than before lockdown. It's going to keep going. We are going to burn the world. There's no way we meet our, our goals for whatever degrees and whatever carbon. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I've tried my best. I, ca- I can't make it happen. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about Captain Tom. Remember him? He's dead. He's dead, yeah. He's the old guy, who uh, army veteran, who died. I, he heroically walked a lot. He did. Um, I'm proud of him still. Age 99 in lockdown. His family made him walk a hundred laps of his garden. Uh, he walked voluntarily. Yeah, to, to raise money for charity. Mm. So he raised thirty-three million pounds. Good for Tom. And on the back of that, for the NHS, his daughter. Which is depressing. Yeah. The fact that the NHS needed charity. His daughter set up a charity. Yes. Uh, called the I think it's just the Captain Sir Tom Moore Charity. No, sorry, it's the Captain Tom Foundation. And this week, ah, yes, amongst many other things. She has now been told to knock down an unauthorized building that was being used as a spa. Right. After a planning application was rejected. So Hannah Ingram Moore oh. and her husband used the Captain Tom Foundation name on the first plans for the building and then went back and revised them. So the f- were the first plans something maybe like... Yes. Maybe more charitable friendly. And then the yes. second plans that they revised were just like something they wanted. Yeah, included. It was like a, an indoor swimming pool and a spa. Wow. Uh, the charity has now announced it's no longer taking donations or making payments because there's an ongoing inquiry into its finances. Uh, I wonder so, why. Well, on the back of this, yeah, there's. <laughs> I think it's the Charity Commission. Yeah, the Charity Commission who've said concerns have mounted over the charity wow. and the independence from uh, a business which has been run by. Essentially, this woman, Hannah Ingram Moore, who I believe is the granddaughter. Wow. No, it's daughter. It's daughter. Daughter, I yeah. think, yeah. And essentially, for example, there was £160,000 given in management costs by oh, said yeah. charity to uh, the daughter and her husband. £160,000. They managed so much. Yeah. They managed real hard. So, um, I don't It's just another another example. Bad people doing bad things. Yeah, just people who got given everything in life, wanting to get more, you know, and taking advantage of a dead 
do to do so, I guess. Like, it sounds mm. disgusting. Um, but also... He wouldn't be very proud. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he would be. Maybe he would be. He did take that holiday, after all. <laughs> He's okay. smiling down from holiday Let's... heaven, being like, oh, are you taking advantage of the population just like I raised you? Good for you. I don't know. Who knows? Like, honestly, like if, if my family managed to scam the nation out of a lot of money, I wouldn't judge them. I'd be like, all right, you needed that money, sure thing. Got that pool, well done you. Uh, you're a bit evil, but I understand you better now, and we're moving on to the rest of my life without yeah. you. But I wouldn't be like, boy, I can't understand how you possibly did this. So if I was in, like, holiday heaven looking down, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I'm dead. I get it. Okay. Good, good to know that if that happens, you'll be smiling down from holiday heaven. Only if, yeah, but only if I'm dead. In real life, that's when the judgment happens, and, mm. we, and we move on. Okay, let's talk about Labour in the UK, which this week, the former Shadow Chancellor, John McDonnell, has said that supporters of Sir Keir Starmer are drunk with power and purging <laughs> the left of the party. Mm-hmm. So, in the mm-hmm. uh, an interview with the BBC, I mean, the veteran left-winger warned that a right-wing faction was weakening the party. And this was after figures on the left of Labour complained they're being blocked from positions within the party, which, again, Uh, doesn't really surprise me, considering a lot of what I've heard and seen from Sir Keir and his pals over the last few months. James? No, I don't know if he's making some kind of plea to Keir to stop, because Keir's doing it as well. And he's got he's got he's got inconsistent rules regarding who's allowed to do what and who and who's who's forgivable and who isn't. Like I don't get it. Why? Like he should just like he's making a point publicly. It's good to talk about this publicly and have a big complaint publicly and get it all published. But here is it's not like a right wing faction is doing it. Here is in that faction as far as well, I can well, that's, see. Well, that's what was implied anyway, wasn't it? He's very happy to be moving the party rights. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, Labour's <laughs> dead until like they they come out and they say, "Oh, we were tricking you all. We were tricking all the Tory voters. Actually, we're a lefty party still. Ha ha. They're dead until they do that. Because we have seen just over the last few weeks and months things that the Tories have done that the Labour have then come out and be like, oh yeah, we wouldn't reverse yeah, this. we wouldn't do that. Yeah, it seems all right. Yeah. <laughs> just scam. Actually just disgusting that our opposition party is just pretending to be this, the, the, the very party that is in power, doing exi- talking about doing the same thing. Now, yes, it could be a play. It could be that they're just going to have zero policies until they're in power, and then they start doing lefty things that actually benefit the nation. I very much doubt it. I've got like 1%. If I'm rounding up, hope that that's what they're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. That's not a lot. No, but, but, and, and they they just seem like, like it's just, it's kind of similar to um, to the scam to the to the to the Captain Tom scam. It just seems like people who got theirs and now they want to get more of theirs with the power that they have. Okay, well, let's stick with politics and talk about the SNP because Mary Black, ah. who was. The youngest MP elected ever since sorry not ever since 1832. That's when the yeah that's when the world was born. Age 20 in 2015. So she's just announced that she is going to step down. Yeah. At the next general election, she is the party's deputy leader at Westminster, and the sixth SNP MP to announce they are not contesting the next election, which is expected to be held. Uh, next year. Miss Black, who's 28, described Westminster as an outdated, sexist, and toxic working environment, citing safety concerns, social media abuse, and unsociable hours, 
as she explained her decision. And she also said, I've made it clear I have no desire to have a long career in politics. And as we approach the next general election, I'll have been elected for almost a decade. Yeah. It's a truly unhealthy working environment mm-hmm. in Westminster. So, yeah, she's out of there. It's valid and fair. Anyone who wants to prioritize their own, like, health and happiness and, you know, family and all of that over a career in politics, valid power, like, power to them. But yeah, when it's one of the ones that you still kind of even respect a little bit, it stings a bit. There's not that many people in UK politics who I who I see like speeches from, and I like want to send them to people and be like, "Look, someone's getting it right." <laughs> yeah. She's one of them. Yeah, she's done so many speeches lately where I've just been like, "Yeah, correct. That's good. That's good." Mm-hmm. Not many other people are doing that, and she's one leaving. But it makes sense that, of course, the person who's the most like real person who's who's actually saying things that feel like they have feelings yep is the one who's also going to be strongly affected by the whole the position and by the, the the toxic culture and it will have the biggest impact on their health that's why all the other mps that don't care that's they're, they're they're not caring is their power that's how they can sustain through it all because it just is meaningless to them and it's just a gig man ah man but no i like again i read the story and i thought or i read the headline and i thought oh Maybe she's stepping down so she can like position herself into Hollywood because if you're you're only allowed to be first minister or you're only allowed to be the leader and stuff like that if you're in Hollywood. Um, but no, it sounds like a proper retirement. Hopefully she's not lying, you know, and tricking us and she's going to pop back up in her five years and be like, I got you. I'm here to be leader. Like if, if her health does matter to that degree, good. Stay out, get out of here. But I did have that little bit of hope that she's just wanting to be the next leader but nah, I don't think it's I don't think it's real. Yeah. Okay. One final story, and we're going to go to the U.S. and talk about the Supreme oh, Court. Oh no! Because yeah, they've made some pretty big calls once again. It's that time of year. They're busy. They're so busy. When the United States Supreme Court decides to uh, ruin everyone's summer with yeah. some sociopathic ruling. So here's the first yeah. one. Okay. Uh, they've decided that uh, now enshrined in law. The right to carry a gun mm-hmm. outside your house. Mm-hmm. So that's now, just you can just do that. That's now enshrined. And, more gun rights. Well done. Yeah, well done. Uh, we now have yeah. colleges who have been banned from considering race as a factor in admissions, which is a reversal. How about that? Another reversal yeah. now, of this- affirmative action, which was implemented... In the 60s, I believe. It's so old. Why are we acting like it's recent? Yeah, as a way to essentially ensure that more people who aren't white get into college and into university, a Supreme Court decided, actually, this uh, it's bad. Yeah. Let's not do it. If you look at the numbers, it obviously does look imbalanced. When you look at the numbers of like acceptance rates between uh, black people... Hispanic people, Asian people, white people, other, you know, the, the acceptance rates for white people is lower than black people because they have the advantage of affirmative action as it's designed because you do want to encourage an increase in education equality between the different races and all of that stuff. Right. It, it, affirmative action is super old. And this is one thing uh, that, that, that affirmative action was. It could also be about work discrimination. Sure. So it wouldn't be surprising if the Supreme Court much like all of their other things, this is just the beginning of a trail of destroying things. Well, um, just just on that point about affirmative action, this is it's like saying that wheelchair ramps are discriminating against non-disabled people. In a, or that in a in a sense, that's a little bit direct. If you offer if you offer English 
as a second language class that's discriminating against native speakers. That's a bit better. Right? That one's a, I like more. The, the wheelchair one, it okay. makes it sound like black people are all disabled, which is obviously just like... <laughs> Not good. Sorry, clumsy wording. analogies. Yeah, but that's an analogy that's been that's been floating around for sure. Um, right, but the, the English one that works, right? The English one makes sense, and it is this idea that to be to try and reduce discrimination does require action, and then anyone who sees that action being done for people that aren't them goes, "Oh, why can't why am I getting that action? That's discriminating against me." Yeah. But that's obviously just like you're speaking from a position of privilege where you didn't need that action. Um, which is the case in these colleges and unis, because um, part of admissions for all of these is that legacy admissions exist. So if your family has had past admissions, you're more likely to get an admission as well. Yeah. And if in the past, all admissions were very discriminatory, shall we say racist, then there is an inherent advantage remaining if legacy admissions still exist for all of these families that had the advantage in the past. So we've gone back to that now. Legacy still exists there still wasn't actually equality. So now there is an advantage towards people who's who have had a family history of advantage within the education system. So yeah, they're getting rid of something that maybe if you look at the numbers can be viewed as discriminatory towards a certain groups, but mm -hmm. they're leaving firmly in place another part of the education admittance system that is still discriminatory. Yeah. And sticking with further education. Another thing the Supreme Court struck down was President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, which he had put yes, forward. Yes, because a couple of people sued it, yes. Since yes. he uh, helped in creating the whole student debt crisis in the first place, this will now affect <laughs> 40 million people in the US who had been told that, yep, your student loans, basically you're having in some cases, like 10, 20, 30 grand knocked off them to help you pay them back so that in some cases there are people in their 50s and 60s still paying off yeah. tens of thousands of dollars of student loans. But now Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court have ruled that actually uh, the plan didn't fly. So too bad, everybody. Yeah. You it's pay really it all back. weird that this much money was too much to give to people when it's basically a very similar number to the amount of money that the US forgave on like payment protection debt. From COVID, all of the rich people yeah. that got loans to to help pay their employees, all of those got forgiven, including hundreds of millions for some people in Congress and stuff like that. Like the rich people getting their debts cancelled, easy peasy. Supreme Court didn't even blink. Uh, education debt cancelling, nah, 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 too much. However, uh, there are still other avenues. This was one specific method of debt cancellation that got cancelled, that got wiped away. Um, I think the administration there's, sorry, there's is already one, there's talking one more, about one more trying to, to do about. other ones. How was yeah, it done, though? They've so, got, there's sorry. hope for this one. It's not being completely erased. Okay, sorry. They could try again. Do it. No, that's it. That, that was it, really. The, the Biden and the administration can try again. The problem, as always, is that Biden and the Democrats did nothing with the two years where they had majority power. Yep. So what are they going to get done when they don't have that anymore? There's another one I wanted to talk about, which, uh, yeah, funnily enough, happened on June 30th, which was the last day of Pride Month, where they cited... Yeah, they're deliberate. They knew what they were doing. ...on behalf of Laurie Smith, who's an evangelical Christian web designer from Colorado... Yes. ...who had opposed her state's anti-discrimination law, and the Supreme Court yeah. have now sided with her, which means that if, for example, a gay couple came to them and said... Or even just a gay person came to them and said, Hey, your can you please make me a website... She can now say, nope. Well, not just she. And be totally fine. It's it, Technically, this is a, setting the precedent. Like, it's not just her. 
Supreme Court is now ruling. No, no, that's that's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of the Supreme yeah, yeah. Court is that this is now the president. It sets the precedent. So, so they are allowing for discrimination based on religious beliefs. I believe it's not just any beliefs, but it is religious beliefs, um, which obviously is bad because maybe you didn't choose your religion, but you do choose. If you are going to discriminate against other people based on your beliefs, yeah, yeah. you do choose so this now your opens career the, and the services you're offering. You do choose all of these things. This now opens the door for businesses who could refuse to serve Muslims or black people yeah, yeah. under these uh, non-discrimination laws, yeah. which the Supreme Court say uh, were unlawful. Yeah, and th- that's the point of anti-discrimination laws is it's it's you don't choose to be black. You don't choose to to you often don't don't choose your religion you don't choose your sexuality all of these things so you can't just allow discrimination against those people because they are they 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 don't have a choice in those things they are being whereas the person who is doing the discriminating can just choose to not and it's completely fine yeah. to just not discriminate so that's why there is an imbalance in these laws but again the supreme court is deciding to allow an imbalance back into the system um, hopefully it's one that will be fought because it is disgusting the idea that people should just be allowed to not provide for somebody because it could set up a situation where somebody gets no businesses taking their taking their money who can't buy their food who can't do anything because they live in, in a place that has become so against them and backed up by the law can just bar them but again the one thing about this decision and the previous one is that some of the evidence used in both of those trials i don't know decisions was fake which is crazy to me i so so the the website designer that brought this suit to the supreme court uh-huh referenced a client who didn't actually ask for their work and not only was it referencing someone who a real person who didn't ask for any work from them and saying that this person asked for work they the paperwork that they included as evidence was dated after the trial like it actually begun the, the date was wrong and made up they just made up the case that this thing or at least one of the cases that, that this suit was made, was uh, depending on and for the student loan forgiveness one it was similar one of the states one one of the uh, states uh, that was a part of the uh, complaint made up some numbers that said we're going to lose revenue if you do this and then the, the real numbers show that their revenue will actually increase even if this was done hmm. so just both of these cases with weak evidence that was using lies and supreme court's like hey yeah sure go ahead so like how can you not be questioning everything they're doing yeah okay well, on this um, good news train, we're pulling into the station. Wow, uh, yeah. Whew. It's been a real nice one. It has been. And uh, d- any final thoughts before we end the show? Oh, man. Um, okay, so these people that are doing these things with a lot of power are the minority. Um, in the UK, the US, all of these people. These Right, but they've got the majority of the control, They though. just have the power. That's the problem. All... <laughs> Sorry. I was going to make a joke about all we need to do is burn it all down. We no, I mean, all we need to do is burn it all down. But there are things we can do before burning it all down, such as um, so keep doing those things, like wielding our voting power, um, protesting, oh, uh, writing, writing, power. writing to all of our representatives, like collectively just bombarding them, because that does affect them. Um, but people will not do that. People uh, as a nation, we are not at that point. Um, but we are still. I think overall, all of the systems still favor the 
the like progress. Okay. There are there there are more people interested in progress. So even if right now and for the last few years we are seeing some things getting eroded and we are seeing mm-hmm. um, manipulation of of fear and stuff again, like we have in the past. I still think that overall progress will continue. Um, but we have to fight for it. We can't just assume that it will do it on its own. Okay. That's an optimistic note to end the show. Thank you, James, for all your thoughts. I will come back with an even more soundproof cupboard and more soundproof thoughts next time. Wow. Uh, Congrats again. Thank you. Well done. And you, and you'll come over once I have got rid of all these boxes. Soon. I'm currently looking at three. And I'm glad your mortgage didn't get cancelled because there are there's news oh, about uh, 7% in the cap uh, or whatever. And then even more raises. So, wow. Yeah, I, I did see that. And um, yes. <laughs> Praised <Yeah>. Yahweh. <laughs> Okay. Bye. Bye, Yahweh. <laughs> okay, bye, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See you at the holiday heaven. <laughs>